to Thinking Outside the Box with me, Tim Box. And me, Brit Box. We talk about all things to do with your mental health, your emotional well-being, and how to navigate your own mind in these strange times. But of course, we're not doctors, so please don't confuse any of our advice for medical advice. And even though we come at these subjects with a slightly more light-hearted approach than perhaps you might expect, don't think we trivialise any of the things we talk about, because we certainly don't. But because we come from a different perspective, we called the podcast Thinking Outside the Box. Brit, hello. Hi. That was very sultry. I should preface this with, I woke up 20 minutes ago. And uh, I woke up about three or four hours ago. And probably you can sense the slightly different energy levels in us here. (laughs) But well done for making it down the stairs into the room to partake of a coffee that I made you. Thank you. Done very well. I'm sure she'll brighten up as we go along, hopefully. Yes, I'm sure I will. Um, But I... We do this thing, don't we? Obviously, you wake up earlier than me because you're old and you need to make the most out of every minute you have left. <laughs> yeah, because time's slipping and, away, yeah. <laughs> and I'm youthful and, and I'll, I need more sleep. Apparently, Teenagers right. need more sleep. They say that, don't they? Exactly, so. yeah. You're more youthful and you think you're going to live forever, obviously, don't you? <laughs> so, I know so, you're born. <laughs> so Tim comes up in the morning. I'll, we have a little um, a little code. It's not very. It's not, it's not like the Enigma code, <laughs> but like when I'm awake, I will send him an emoji of the day and he will come up and say good morning. That's kind of... That's that's kind of it, really, isn't it? Uh, yes, and the emoji is normally a dinosaur. Yeah, a spoosaw. A spoosaw. A spoosaw. And, um, and Tim will come upstairs, and some days he'll be like, morning, babe, how you doing? And then some days he'll come down and go, hello, how you doing? And I'm just like, I'm like, can you match the energy, please? I'm, I'm that annoying bastard, don't I? have just look. opened my eyes. Bounds into the room. And then this morning he said, look, it's quarter to ten. I have said that I wanted to do the podcast at ten. <laughs> so I've had to shower, put my hair up in a donut bun, put some clothes on and come down. It's not like I was jumping up and down on the bed saying it. I was giving you a cuddle at the time and whispering uh, gently into your ear in a loving fashion, mm-hmm. saying a very kind of a... No, no the way pressure. you said it, the way you said it was, I'm never going to pressure you, babe. <laughs> I'm never going to push you to doing something. But I do want to record this podcast in 15 minutes because I have a very busy day. And I'm like, hi! No, I do appreciate you uh, dragging yourself out of bed for this. We have very different time scales for things. We do, though, don't we? It's interesting. Uh, I work, You work best, sort of, you get up at 6am and you work through to probably about 6pm. I mm. work best somewhere between 10 and 2. <laughs> yeah, but you have a very intense work ethic very during intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But after, to be fair, after three pm, nothing happens. And also, to be fair, you get as much done in those four hours (laughs) as I get done in like twelve hours, which is a constant source of frustration for me. Yeah, I work much quicker than you. Yeah, but I guess I've just got to. I tell you what it is. I think I know what it is. Is because when I start something, I'll start and then I'll stop when it's done. You'll start something. You'll go make a cup of tea. I will. Yes. You'll go get a biscuit. You'll come in. You'll you'll have a look at something. You'll look at TikTok. You'll do something else. I'm like, just work, just work, and then you'll only have to work four hours a day, like. Okay, well, I've started. I've started to change my routine slightly because I worked out that a to-do list wasn't to doing it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't getting it done. No, and I've I've come up with completely by accident a not a to-do list but a to-done list. Which this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I think this is genius because it works for me for some reason. I will not write down what I want to do that day. I'll simply start doing things and write down what I've done. Okay, I have a question to put to you. Is it not just more satisfying because it's a list of stuff you've already done rather than a list of stuff that you're about to do? Absolutely. I'm still working out what's so great about it, by the way, so I don't have a definitive answer for you. But what is the thing is, yes, so I see I've done that. And then I'm like, that's great. 
I can do more. You know, I, I feel <laughs> I feel God. motivated. If you look at your big list of to do, it yeah. can be demotivating. Yeah, or you've got. To... I disagree. See, we work very differently. <laughs> I, you've seen me. I will write a list of stuff. Right, this is what I've got to do today. Mm. And the next time you're coming to the kitchen, it's all ticked off. It's done. I, well, I know. I, I wonder where I've been for days. But, <laughs> um, but but I don't work that way. I look at a list of things to do, and they inevitably include things that I don't want to do. Have you? Have <laughs> yes, you... that's a list. That's what happens. But there's on the that list. there's that book, isn't there, called Eat That Frog. I don't wish to eat the frog. I'm vegetarian. But it's it's like a Mark Twain thing. You yeah. said if the if the every morning thing, yeah. you had to eat a live frog, then all the other things that you've been putting off wouldn't seem quite so bad. And so it's it's about doing the thing that is the thing you know you're going to put off. Yeah. I would still, I think, rather eat a frog than like clean the bathroom. <laughs> I'll be honest. Should the book be called Clean That Bathroom? Clean the bathroom. <laughs> I hate cleaning of any kind. Yeah, I mean, well, we um, think that's where we we are united. Yes, um, but we don't. We we have a lovely cleaner. This is what. So, yes, so she is lovely. Also, um, I do like washing up though. You do, but you only like it so you can put your hands in the hot water. That is correct. It's like you're like, giving yourself a little hand. Bath. Again, I spend a lot of time standing there, <laughs> looking at the washing up with my hands in warm water, and talking we wonder to you. <laughs> why I get stuff done, and this is why I can sleep I'm, longer. I'm easily distracted. Anyway, this is not what this podcast is about. Uh, have it, talking about being easily distracted. <laughs> It's episode twenty-four. Wow! So, uh, in honour of that, we're gonna we're gonna do this podcast in real time. Would you, as opposed to what? Do you get that reference? No. Oh, okay. That was that was an old person's reference. The show twenty-four, Jack Bauer. I never watched it. Oh, okay. It was revolutionary at the time because it was twenty-four episodes of an hour long, and yes. it was just in that real day, time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the next series was the, the next day, and it's yeah. very clever, very yeah. good. Very uh, good. It was it was very well worked out. Although after a while, you you're like, oh, can we just have you know, do we have to see it? Oh, you never see him go to the toilet. Like, <laughs> is he is he like holding it for 24 hours? But that's like in films. You never see him just, just sitting down and like just having something to eat or just watching some TV, do you? Yeah, pause for some food. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it was me, I'd get I'd get very hungry on these adventures. Yeah, I think you, you're very wrong. You're not wrong. Anyway, no. anyway here we are. Here Christ. we are. Still, still six, six and a half minutes in and still haven't even mentioned the topic of this. Everyone who started listening to this has gone. They're like, nah. Yeah, like yeah. So, But you probably know what the topic's about because you've looked at the title of it before you clicked on it. It is... Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, yeah. Uh, which is, I quite like that title. It's quite good. Thank but you. it's about, because we have both done TED Talks. Yes. Or TEDx Talks, I suppose. TED Talks. People don't know the difference. Well, I'm not sure I do still. <laughs> but um, Which I think is quite unusual that we got uh, both of us having had that particular experience. Well, we are, you know, we're a married couple. We're, we're both TEDx speakers. We're both number one best-selling authors. Mm. I mean, it's just, uh, let's just talk about how great we are we for are, an hour. <laughs> we're amazing. I don't know many other sort of husband and wife couples that are, you know, up there with, you know, Beyonce and Jay-Z and really, Victoria and David Beckham. Amazing. Tim and Rick Ross. I think you're in the same breath. They get mentioned, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, because we... Richard we've... Judy Madley. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Oh, she was Judy Finnegan, wasn't she? Oh, yeah, there you go. But they were married, so yes. there you go. Um, but I think uh, we've t- we've talked about doing this one since we started the podcast. Yeah, it, it was, was on one the of list, those when it? we thought, oh, but what could we talk about over you know weeks? Mm. And that was one of the first ones on the list. Was like, well, that experience of us doing our TED talks, we both had quite a you know quite an intense and interesting experience. A stressful breakdown inducing journey. Yeah, well, it, it, you could argue it's one of the most stressful things. Um, we've we've ever had to do in terms of rising to a challenge and I know that we've you know we've all been through different things but Mm. the actual 
I mean, yeah, the intensity of that moment is... No, no, no. My mother died at 16. I was left completely on my own, had to drop out of school, had to pay my own bills, had to pave my own way. Mm. My appendix exploded and I got septicemia. Um, what else has happened? Lots of other... I was in a car accident. This is still up there as just <laughs> one, one of, of the those. most stressful things I've ever done in my life, ever. <sighs> I had it's someone some... message me. This was it, I think... I'd said, I think I, I think I feel like I'm, I'm getting deja vu. I feel like I've said this on the on the podcast, but um, I, I said someone said thank you for coming to my TED talk, and I said I will forever be upset with myself. I didn't say that at the end because it's quite a colloquial sentence that people say after they've had yeah. a rant about something, and I didn't say that. I just shuffled off awkwardly. And <laughs> she messaged me and said, "Well, there's always the next one," and I was like, "Never again!" <laughs> people who do multiple TED talks, like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Well, also, you know, it, it's just a real. It, it's a really weird thing to do. I mean, yes. that's that's maybe weird is a bit too uh, a sort of reductive term, but we should explain the circumstances. I know we're going to go into it because yeah. I've had people could be completely um what's the word not quite knowing exactly what entails it and not knowing why I was so stressed about it yeah you yeah know, like thinking, you'd have, process, thinking yeah. you'd have notes thinking you'd have teleprompters yeah. this and the other so I want to I want to go yeah. into that well let's let's just say what it is then let's start by saying what is a TED talk because obviously not everyone will know so um hang on let me let me see if I can describe it as best I can um you mean you don't have a wikipedia version to hand I don't I haven't looked at wikipedia um but it Okay, we we were reading a book on the beach in Mallorca. You were. I was, and I don't think you had a look at it after me. Mm. But it was about how to do a TED Talk. Yeah. And even all those years, I mean, this how many years ago was this? About seven. Yeah, even all those years ago, we knew a TED Talk was one of those aspirational things for yeah. public speakers to do. Yeah, so it's, it is literally, it's like the, the pinnacle of public speaking, really. You know, everyone from Barack Obama has done a TED Talk. Yeah. Um, other people that I've now forgotten all of their names have done TED oh, Talks. Oh, so many. Just Tony so Bobby. Many, yeah, if you, if you just search TED Talks in YouTube, you'll be lost for days. Yeah. Um, and they're, they all get uploaded, including her, yeah. to the TED YouTube, YouTube channel, yeah. TED YouTube channel. Um, and that's where people can see them. Um, and it's basically a speaker in an auditorium of people who delivers a speech on mm-hmm. something, an idea worth spreading. spreading. We used to think it was an idea worth Indeed, sharing. I don't know I where we got was. that from. But but it's yeah. just like an idea. And, yeah. and that was kind of it. It was it was each person. So one of my favourite TED Talks is by Caitlin Doty, who's um, um, a funeral director in Los Angeles. Uh, I'm obsessed with her. I'm I'm one of her deaflings, which is <laughs> you know, and it's and it's all about kind of being a bit more death positive in a way. That's not it mm. to say you know, oh, I'm I'm, I'm positive about dying one day because I'm actually terrified. It's one of my big fears, but it's more about not the understanding that you know the dead are nothing to be afraid of, essentially. Because yeah. you know, I don't know if I've said it on the the podcast before, but one of my big aspirations in life is to be a funeral director. Yeah. Um, I have done work experience in funeral directors. I've gone on sort of I've gone on funerals. I've been in the morgue. I've done all stuff like that. Um, and I really want to do it, but I know now is not the right time in my life to do it. It's something I'm going to come back to. Anyway, her TED talk was just incredible and she started it in such an amazing way mm. wasn't it you always remember the first dead body you shave yeah so it was amazing yeah, opening like and then she kind of circled back around to that at the end and that's kind mm. of where I got the idea for mine but um yeah. but yeah so I watched hers and we've watched a lot of them uh, over the years mm. and both knew because we were public speakers obviously I was mm. doing a lot more public speaking then than I do now we knew that's what we wanted to do. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And we used to, you know, we used to be sitting on the sofa of an evening just looking at the TED channel on YouTube, just looking at different talks because mm. they're, they're absolutely fascinating. You, you will always find something that, yeah, you will, you will just find amazing and eye-opening. And a lot of, you know, people's education these days comes from TED Talks because it's, it's sort of 
pioneer thinking. It's ideas that maybe aren't out there um, or certainly not easily accessible mm. and people get invited to do them because they've got something to say. There's a great one of a woman who left the Westmore Baptist Church. Oh yeah, that is amazing. Yeah, there's a great one of that and there's another one where a woman who'd also left a different kind of cult and... There's one by a mother of uh, one of the Columbine, Columbine shooters. Shoot. Yes. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. Um, there's one by... Oh, who was the, the lady who was associated with Bill Clinton... The Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. She did Her one. Great. Yeah, yeah, about being shamed. Yeah, uh, and it was it was just amazing. And also one of my favorite um, one of my favorite authors, uh, Johan Hari, uh, has done a couple of TED talks. One about addictions. One about depression. Um, and they're amazing. So yeah, if you don't know TED Talks, just just Google them. You know, so, yeah. find the YouTube channel. And we thought this would be a really good thing to talk about in the podcast because a lot of them circle around mental health mm-hmm. and circle around emotional well-being and circle around all those sorts of things. So yeah. considering you know I have spent most of my life talking about mental health mm. and Tim's career is obviously intertwined in mental health, mm-hmm. we both knew we would be able to give good. TED Talks. Well, this is where we've got to start, isn't it? Mm. Why did we want to do a TED Talk? And okay, we've, we've sort of covered that thing. Well, it's one of those, it's like, a, it's on my bucket list it was, yeah. you know, to do. It was what I, it, it, I'd set it myself as an ambition. And I'd also sort of tried to set some sort of time limit on it in terms of how I would get there. But as it turned out, the opportunity arose a lot earlier. But, oh. um, but also, I had something I wanted to say. Um, and it didn't really crystallise exactly what I wanted my message to be mm. until I really got down and deep into the process of writing my TED talk. Yes. So, and and it's like you say, we we did feel like it wasn't just I'd like to do a TED talk. Hmm, what should I do it about? No. And oh God, we've got we we can talk about that about people who yeah, yeah. <laughs> go well. into TED talks and go right. I've got a TED talk. What shall I write about? And it's like no, that yeah. we had an actual message that we wanted to, to get across I wanted to get across a message of survival yeah um, essentially yeah. and because and I was inspired by all the ones I'd watched about you know about the people leaving cults and stuff like that you know and about mm. how they got through the other side of it and I will say I mean I'm, I'll, I'll talk about this more as we go on but when I applied for and wrote my TED talk mm. I was in a very different place um, mentally than mm. I maybe have been since mm. um, but I don't think that that invalidates my message of overcoming a, uh, a hard time in your life yeah I think you you had this <clears throat> thought for a while that you were worried that where you had experienced depression since then yeah you were worried it invalidated the message of the talk and I, I don't think it does at all mm. because your talk is very much a personal story yes it's not like you're discussing general principles or ideas or scientific research or anything like that what you're talking about is this is what I went through this is how I got the other side of that mm. and and these are the thoughts that that help me day to day mm. now that doesn't in any way mean we're not going to get low in the future other stuff isn't going to happen to us that challenges us you know we're not none of us are going to then just skip merrily into the sunset no. you know it doesn't it doesn't work like that you don't get to the end of the movie and everything's all right after that no. there are always going to be challenges and um, there's always going to be a post-credit scene exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes marvel reference <laughs> but it's like it's like when i did when i did my talk i spoke about how how baking got me out of a depressive period in my life Mm. which it absolutely did you know but nowadays when I'm feeling exceptionally low 
baking isn't help isn't going to help no, it's, me it's because it's part serve. of my job it's mm. completely different now like the the person that i was back then yeah when i was low when i was down i turned on the oven i picked up a mixing bowl mm. now when i'm like that is the last thing i want to do yeah, you know it's yeah, not yeah. it's baking isn't the stress reliever for me that it was mm. back then that doesn't mean though that i don't think that baking can be an incredibly helpful mm. and useful tool for a lot of people this is the point and also i don't think your message pivoted around and then i found baking hey find baking everyone mm. your talk was about finding something that lifts you out of the darkness that yes. you realize gives you the idea that you know what there is a future beyond yeah. here and and this is the thing so you know to bring it back on topic yeah. that's why we wanted to do the talk because yeah. we felt we had something to say that was an idea worth spreading sure <laughs> Idea worth sharing sounds better. Idea worth spreading sounds like it's butter or something. Or something else. Exactly that. Yes. Yeah. Idea worth, I don't know, an idea. Should, yeah, an idea. An idea. Here it is. I had an idea. Do with it what you will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so this, this sort of very, very conveniently leads me on to the next thing I want to talk about, which was the whole selection process. Because we did not do our talks on the same year, did we? We did not. And um, we... We only really, because obviously we said that we wanted to do them, but it was only when a friend of ours, um, Amy McManus, uh, had yeah. done had done one in one year that it was kind of it was a local one. It was Folkestone, wasn't it? Yeah. So here's the thing: you uh, you you were introduced to it by Amy because she applied and was accepted the first year. Did I apply the first year? I, I think, think I did. Yeah, I think we both did. Yeah. Because we didn't hear about it through Amy. No. We heard about it through our mate Loz. Yes. Laura Ash. It was Laura yeah, Ash. Yeah, because she said, look, Tim, I know you were talking about you wanting to do a TED talk, because obviously you chat about things with friends, don't yeah, you? Yeah, and, and they live in Folkestone. Yeah, and I'd, I'd mentioned it at some point, and then she noticed, oh, wow, they're doing, they now have a TEDx event. A license in Folkestone. In yeah. Folkestone. Um, and so we, we applied, we both applied to, to talk there, and because that's what they, that's the way they were doing it. They were like, put your submissions in, put your proposals in, yes, and we'll look at them, and we'll select our favourite ten to be this year's TEDx event. And I'm, I am not surprised I was not chosen. <laughs> My paragraph was like, well, I'm quite allowed to do it, because I think I have something nice to say. <laughs> and it was, well, it, it was really it rubbish. Thing, it's almost like applying for a job, because yeah. you've got to put down... What you think is good about what you've got to say. That's the thing, I've not applied for a job in over a decade. So I was like, please choose me. Thank you. Oh, I'm not sure I've ever applied for a job. No, you've um, never had a real job. We've discussed this. I mean, I work. I'm yeah, but saying, yeah, no, you know. you've never had like a job. Like I talk about things when I've had a manager or like worked in an office. Because I've done, I've probably done about 30 jobs in my lifetime. It's ridiculous. Mm. Considering I've been self-employed for the last decade and I've still done about 30 jobs yeah. and I'm only 33. <laughs> doesn't quite make any sense. Wow. Um, I flitted around a lot, but you're like, yeah, can't relate. <laughs> well, okay, the, the, I have done one job. I used to check in lorries when they were building the M20. When you were 16 for about a week. Yeah, well, it was eight weeks actually, <laughs> and I used the money to buy a drum machine. Well there done, we go. congratulations. <laughs> yeah, so so Loz said they're going to do it because the thing with TED TED events tend to be in big cities, London, Dubai, uh, forgotten every other city in the world, New York, <laughs> you know that this this kind of thing. Um, TEDx events are. Um, more local as in in smaller theatres but it doesn't really matter because they all still get uploaded to yeah. the to the TEDx YouTube channel that's it you're still on the red dot you're still standing still in front of the standing logo on the red dot you're still doing the, you still get your picture with the, the big TED letters behind you which I'll be honest was a main motivator for me <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I remember thinking at least I'll have that picture of me <laughs> yeah. with the TED logo, with the TED logo. And that was, yeah it was I'll uh, post that when I when we put the podcast up yeah. um 
so there was that. So we 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 applied. We both got rejected the first year, yeah. but our friend Amy McManus got accepted. Yeah. Um, and then it was only when we watched that year's round of talks. We didn't go to the event. We, we were on holiday, if I remember rightly. That's right. Yeah. We um, which is you know a pretty good thing, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and then when we got back, we we watched them all on YouTube because yeah. it takes weeks from your event to when they go up on YouTube, which we'll talk about as well. It yeah. takes quite a few weeks. We watched them all, and we both went next year. Yeah, yeah. We want to do this next year. Well, this is the thing. Some I've seen some people who have applied and they've got rejected, mm. and that's it. They don't apply again because it's almost like it, it's a. They I don't know whether they feel it's a harsh judgment. I know I felt I, I was quite disappointed. I don't. I don't think at the time you were as gung ho about it as I was. I really wanted to do it, um, and I was quite disappointed to to get the rejection letter. But at the same time. It didn't make me think, oh, maybe it isn't for me then. Yeah. It's, it made me think, well, <clears throat> you know what? That's going to be every year. Mm. So what I've got to do is refine my message, work out what wasn't acceptable about that last time, yeah. and then put it right when I when I put in for it next time. Meanwhile, I was I was not surprised I got rejected. <laughs> I was not surprised in Well, I'm not saying you half-assed your application. I didn't but... half-ass it. I just didn't know how best to put, I've mm. had a really terrible life and I'm still alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think okay. So I think it was the second year yes. when the theme was announced to be uh, courage, courage, and you instantly resonated with that because you wanted to talk about what ended up being the title of your talk, the courage to continue. Yes, uh, and and that was I think what made you think right. Yeah, I'll. This is this is right for me now. I know how to put down in terms of relating to the theme of the yes. talks. You know, so the second year comes around. So this is so the first year was twenty seventeen. The second year was twenty eighteen. Um, and again, we both applied. Yeah. Um, and then after we applied, uh, very soon after, because I think they had all been... Um, so basically, when you apply, you put in a text written thing on what mm -hmm. you want. But then you also had to send a minute video um, to just... Which you didn't have yeah. to do in the first year. You had to send a minute video explaining what you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, and I think this, honestly, I think this was just to see who could actually speak and i know yeah. that sounds really silly but i yeah. think i think that's what it was now i had either I, I, to this day i maintain i missed that part of the application uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> um so i sent in the text one and um I, and i just i just sent it off and i let it a little that and i think that they had already chosen quite a lot of the people by the time i got my application in to be yeah. honest um, and then I got an email straight back that basically said, look, we really, really like your idea because I'd worded it much better this yeah. time. Um, we really like your idea, but we need the video element of it. Yeah. And that was on a Friday. And then I don't really do anything on, on the weekend when it comes to emails. <laughs> so I just kind of left it. And I'll be honest, I was just really nervous at that point because I was like, oh, God, does that, you know, I, I, the realization of, oh, God, I might actually get this had yeah. sunk in because I had just resigned myself to, I'm never getting this. I mm. don't have to worry about it. I can just say I've applied and that's that. Mm. And then when they came back saying they wanted the video element of it, I was like, okay, I'll do that in a bit. Like, I'll... I remember a conversation <coughs> we had. You were sitting on the sofa and I was standing there um, next to the sofa. I don't know whether I was on my way somewhere. Um, and you were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to bother doing it. <laughs> And yeah. I knew you really wanted to do this. And yeah. I was like, no, that's not you not bothering. That's you being afraid of getting scared. rejected again. Yeah, or, was, or worse, getting accepted. I was more scared of getting accepted than I was of getting rejected. I was yeah. terrified. So um, and then it also, you know, crossed my mind, oh, what if one of us gets accepted and the other doesn't? Mm. And I was worried about that as well. So I filmed the video and I've got the best 
outtake <laughs> from this one minute video and I will put it on my stories because it's it's hilarious so I've got the best outtake of that um and I sent the video in and a couple of hours after I sent the video in mm. I got a message saying we'd love to have you as one of the speakers this year we're actually doing a speaker meetup and it was the following day that's right it was yes it was the following day are you free to come so I think they'd chosen everyone I think they really liked my idea but it was just mm. hinging on whether I'd yeah. sent in this video or not um so so I did but then obviously because they said right we've basically chosen everyone and you haven't said anything to me yes uh <coughs> this is how I found out I had not been accepted because <laughs> you were told to be at the event tomorrow and I'd heard nothing <laughs> yeah they didn't send out the rejection letters until no no and I think in the end I found it in my junk email uh it's one of those it was one of those really like uh, but I felt really worried because obviously we've got <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> we've got a very stable marriage you know, we're very supportive of each other. We're always there for each other. But I was worried because I knew that you, this has been something you'd wanted for ages. Mm. And it's been something that I'd wanted for a, a, a shorter time, I suppose. And I was worried that you would be upset that I was chosen and you weren't. Well, I wasn't happy about it. I'm going to be honest. But, <clears throat> but no, to be fair, um, it wasn't. I was I was just really pleased that one of us got accepted mm. because I'm very much you know this I'm very much that your success is my success my success is your success it doesn't I don't see a distinction between you or I it's us you know yeah. so when you got accepted oh, I was I was really pleased about that <clears throat> the thing that that upset me was that you were so tentative about telling me <laughs> that I I was like why do you think I'm what do you think I'm going to do say so, oh well, good for you then screw you. <laughs> Well, I just hope you have fun trying to get there without getting a driver. I just, I just know how it would have been the other way round. I, I, yes, I think we both know how it would have been the other way round. So anyway, so <laughs> which we won't dwell on. We no. won't dwell on. So that's 2018. That was my selection process, and that's yeah. how I got in. Yeah. But you got in. Well, my selection process began that day after you got approved. Yes. When we went to the event because I had to drive you there so I'm just this guy who's been rejected <laughs> turning up saying hey guys how's it going um, and they're like does he know yeah. does he know he's not a he looks familiar he looks like one of those ones we put in the bin um, <laughs> but so yeah, so I felt really awkward because I'm like don't worry I'm not here honestly I'm not you know and, and it was all that sort of thing but I, would, I just found it so exciting you were really funny you were like you were like the unpaid intern you were like was, I was, is everyone alright absolutely I was like can I make myself useful at all because <laughs> I just you know so I got to be there for all of your preparation oh. and that just got me more excited about doing it because I loved the atmosphere yeah. and I don't know anyone... you were like they can't turn me down three times in a row <laughs> well to be I, I used it I think to yeah. get to know everyone yeah. and my, my mission if you like if I had a mission except to just drive you to all the events was to listen yes to uh, coming yeah and and, <laughs> and just pay attention to yeah. what I was being told about the sort of talks that they wanted to have represent in TEDx Folkestone. Yes. And and that really helped me to understand where I'd gone wrong <clears throat> in my application. And I, I don't know, I Because what we should say as well is that every single talk has to be approved by TED. Yeah. So it all has to be... So when you say about what kind of talks they wanted, it's still the, the talks that we wanted to give. Well, they have very rigid guidelines, mm. and the licensee has to abide by that, mm. because they don't... TED themselves, as in the great god TED... They don't. They don't see the talks until they're filmed and finished. Mm. But if they have like one of the talks, they have to reject. As in, we can't put that on our platform because it breaks our guidelines. Mm. Then it puts the licensee at risk. Mm. So uh, Leo Bachelor, who, who is amazing, who, yes. who is was the licensee. I think she's standing down this year actually. Is, yeah. um, and she was awesome, and she was very 
not strict, but she really followed the guidelines and made sure yes. that the event was sort of really watertight in terms of it being a TED event. Yes. Um, and I spoke with her loads of times whilst you were going through your preparation process, mm. just just picking her brains really about you know what she's looking for when when the team are sitting down to look at the applications. Mm. What what do you you know? And if I'm honest, the way that I amended my message based on that information vastly improved my talk eventually yeah. you know it really helped me crystallize what I wanted to talk about and it's helped me actually crystallize my message as a whole mm. because you kind of get out of your little bubble a little bit you yeah, know and, yeah, you, and yeah. you see the perspective of other people who are receiving this message for the first time and it just helped me have more clarity mm. about what I was talking about but um but yeah I didn't get selected until the third year and um 2019 that is now isn't it yeah and by then I feel look there's no doubt there was an advantage in the fact that I'd been around a lot of the organisers in your process mm. and they knew me and they knew what I did and they probably had an inside track on my message. You know what I mean? So when my face comes up on the little video application, <laughs> they're like, oh, we know Tim. So we, we, we kind of, he's somebody we relate to. You know? Yeah, and I think that helped you because obviously one of the things we talk about their guidelines. So I didn't have this trouble with mine mm. because mine was a personal story <clears throat> about depression. Simple as that, really, yeah. at the bones of it, that's what my, my talk was. Mm. But the rules that they have are things around talking about the mind, talking mm. about subconscious, talking about things like that. So if it was just um, a cold application they'd got in, yeah. they don't know... You know, if you're going to turn up in like beads and a dream catcher, oh. <laughs> or you're going to turn up and and you know. Okay, I think that was <clears throat> that was the problem with my first application in particular. I talked about being a hypnotherapist. Yes. And there's three basic rules for TED: no politics, no religion, no pseudoscience. Woo woo. No woo woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing that you can't substantiate scientifically. Yes. So that and that was the point there that I remember the first conversation on the phone with Leo uh, back in the day. And she was like, okay, you mentioned hyp hypnosis a couple of times in what you want to talk about. Yeah. I can tell you now, Ted won't allow that sort of talk. You know? Darren Brown's done Ted talks, hasn't he? Yeah, but he doesn't. he's done it more based on, let me do a magic trick for you. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, to be fair, some of the Ted talks are kind of like, you think, how did that get How did that get through, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, so that was, that was very much. And when I was going through the actual formal selection process, like when they announced, okay, TEDx 2019 is going to be happening. Come and do our pitch evenings. Which I was a, uh, not a judge, but what was it? I was like an advisor. Yeah, yeah, like an expert opinion. So it was like an X-Factor <laughs> thing, wasn't it? Where you give your minute-long pitch or something, and then the panel tells you what they think of it. And I was on the panel. Yeah. And like you stood up, and I was like, I like this man. <laughs> he's, he's very attractive. Is he single? <laughs> You know, you're like instantly. You can tell this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one guy stood up, and I can't remember the exact what he was saying, but I know it was like very political. Mm. And I looked because I was sitting on like this selector's uh, sofa, and <laughs> you were a few seats behind me. And I remember looking at you and just being like, yeah. Eh. "Oh yeah, I know, I know what you mean." Because we knew it by then, didn't we? Yeah. We were two years in, and we were like, "He ain't getting through." Is yeah. <laughs> but and, and also there was but those pitch nights. I saw a couple of pitches, and I'm like. I really want to hear that talk. Yes. That sounds awesome. There was, there was one, one about the, the hero's journey, wasn't yeah, there? And it was amazing. I was like, oh God, I really, I really want you to get the talk because I, I want to hear that talk, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah, and it was, it was, um, yeah, it, it was amazing. But I, again, I went to everything yeah. and I, I made my presence felt and I, and I listened to the advice of the people that were advising us. So yeah. Including your advice. I think I even listened to, didn't I? Yes. I went through, <laughs> I went through your talk a couple of times. Yeah. So, so we, 
so if I go with mine first, yeah. Um, so preparing the talk, isn't it really? So yeah, so what happens is it. you've got this, you've got this idea, you've got this paragraph, and then you have to write a talk about it. Now, here's the thing you may not know about TED talks. Um, so you have between. Well, not actually. There's no minimum, is there? But it's a maximum of eighteen minutes. Yeah. You cannot go over the eighteen minute mark. I've come at three seconds over. <gasps> I'm surprised I let yours on. Um, yeah, I went for a sensible thirteen <laughs> minutes. I think was what mine was. I was like eighteen. I'm not talking for eighteen minutes. I don't need to talk twenty minutes. Can I just say it's the only sensible thirteen minutes you've ever spoken? Brilliant. Really, <laughs> um, and what I did was I sat down and I wrote it. Now here's where. I feel I had an advantage mm. to, to toot my own horn. Um, I'm a good writer. Yeah, okay. So you are tooting your own horn, yes. Ooh, I like it. Um, I am a good writer. <laughs> you you are, know I yeah, am. I know. Um, and I knew, so everyone's got their own different processes. The thing that scared me the most about giving a TED Talk is that you, for the most part, and I say for the most part, and I say that pointedly, because mm. I've seen some talks where they have them in their but <laughs> Which you are not allowed you. you are not allowed notes no nope. you are not allowed a teleprompter nope. you're not allowed little cards nope. you're not allowed you're not allowed anything you just have to go out there and give your talk and here's the really the terrifying bit you have one go at it yeah you have one shot to get it done, to get your video, and that's it. You know, you have a rehearsal, and you can rehearse as many times you want. You have an actual dress rehearsal. But on the day, you have yeah. one go. Yeah. If you fuck up, well, <laughs> like, it. Yeah, it will be immortalised in yes. fuck-uppery. Now, here's the thing. Like, obviously, I've done, I've done West End theatre before, so I understand. I mean, one day we'll have Darling. a podcast episode where you don't mention that. Never. I mean, just... <laughs> Never. Um, so, so you know, so I, I know what it, I know this sort of on-the-night thing. And performing and speaking doesn't frighten me, mm. not one bit, okay? Mm. But there's a big difference between learning a script mm. of dialogue between people where you can pick up other cues from other people's yes. sentences yeah. and essentially a 13-minute monologue Yeah, well, this is, is what it is. This is the thing that challenged me. I'm, as you, you know, I'm used to public speaking, Yes, but I'm not used to learning an 18-minute script that no. I have to recite word for word. No. Now, a few of the people had different ways of doing it. Some people had techniques of just knowing the five points they wanted to say and then mm. letting themselves feel around that. Yeah. I didn't want to do that. That freaked me out because I also know that if I just let myself think about things, I um and I are. Now, I'm actually a lot better at this than I used to be because yeah. of TED. Mm. I used to, when I did public speaking, um and are a lot. And mm. now I don't do that so much anymore because of mm. just the techniques I learned through doing the TED Talk. Mm. So I knew I wanted mine to be the exact same script every time I said it. That was the only way I was going to do it. That's the Agreed. only way I was going to learn it. Yeah. So I wrote my whole thing um, and then I, I looked over it and I was like, yep, this is the one, this is the talk I'm going to give. Yeah. Um, and also, no you, one's going to change my mind on it. <laughs> you, you wrote, well, this is the thing, TEDx Folkestone are a brilliant organisation because not all TEDx events are the same, but mm. they offer you loads of support. Mm. They'll review script with you. They'll have somebody there just to listen to you recite it and give feedback. And there's loads of events in preparation. Well, not as much your year as my no, year. No, you stepped still, out with your year. But still so much so that it was a stark contrast to other TEDx events that are in this part of the country. Yes. Yeah. And, um, Where they just accept you and then you turn up on the day. Yeah. That's it, really. And, and most people, certainly everybody in my cohort, absolutely rewrote their talk a load of times i think half of the people i was with rewrote it the night before as in the final like i've changed that last act i've changed that last paragraph that makes me feel I've... sick that makes me feel physically <laughs> sick but your talk was written 
from week one, yes. like uh, almost a, like six months out, you had your talk written, and all you were doing then was learning it. Well, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't quite that long. Um, so my it. my talk was on the twenty third of June. I think it was a few days before my birthday. It was twenty third of June, and I had finalised what I was writing um, by mid May. Oh, okay. Wasn't and quite that long. no, it wasn't quite that long. No, and <laughs> I then I had no, and then I had six weeks mm. of learning it. Yeah. And the reason I did that is because there was someone in my year mm. who. Um, had their talk, was happy with their talk, and then kept getting feedback about changing bits. Yeah. So when we all met up, and you know, I hadn't, I hadn't even learned an, a single iota of mine yet, but mm. I knew this is what I'm going to learn, kind mm. of thing. One of these people in my year was was having a really bad time with it because they were changing it every five minutes. Yeah. Whereas I had decided. So we all gave our talks, and then there was a little bit of feedback here and there. Here's what you could change. Here's what you couldn't change. And mm. I'll be honest, I rejected all of it because yeah. I was like, no, 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 this uh, is my talk. Yeah. I'm happy with it. This is the talk well, I'm giving. As you say, I mean, just to contextualize the old, I'm really good at writing comment. Um, you, you knew how to construct a, a, you know, a kind of circular talk that had a beginning a middle and an end and, yes. and had themes that return as yes. well. And I think that was the point there was that, You'd your research, your rewriting had happened before you'd written it, if you know what in I mean. In my head, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, so so I'd you know, I knew I knew what I was gonna do, and I knew I just had to remember it. And and everyone's got different strategies. Yeah. I went with a strategy I used when I was at theatre school, which was literally the end of one paragraph, link that word somehow to the start of the next paragraph. And yeah. just I've got that, you know me, I've got that brain. Yeah that I can just remember things word for word for word for word. You yeah, know, you know you that do. every time we go to the Odeon cinema and I say oh, the preamble bit. Yes, as the guy's saying it every, sing every single time. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how I remembered it. I know you you went, you did it slightly differently maybe, um, and um, I know a lot of people did it differently, but that's, that was my process. So I wrote the script and then I just spent six weeks remembering it. And I promise you... The minute I stepped off that stage, I think the actual structure of it and the learning of it mm. just yeah, yeah. out of my mind completely gone. <laughs> That's it, yeah. Never again to be repeated. Never again yeah. to be repeated. So that was my process. What about you? Well, I think a, a similar thing, but I, I noticed in your year that the ones who had... So Sophie, your, your mate Sophie, yeah, mm -hmm. mate Sophie, um, I've got in trouble for calling people your mate, haven't I? <laughs> Last last week I referred to Gemma, your mate Gemma. Who I got a message from saying, oh, yes. has Tim never met me then? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been made to feel bad about that for a week, I can tell you. Also, we're going to her wedding in a couple of weeks. All right. Oh, yes, I, she's my friend as well now, but she was... I've always said she was your friend. Anyway. So You're going to get in trouble again. She's going to I know, just, just to reference it again. Um... Anyway, so Sophie, when she did her... Who's in your year. Yes. Uh, in your year, like at like school. Like school, I know. Um, Felt a bit like that. In her talk, she, she did... Like she had that bullet point thing where she had paragraphs where she would cover certain topics, but she didn't have a word for word script. No. And she would move around the dot and she'd use spatial yeah. anchoring. She'd yes. remember what, if she knew where she was on the dot, she knew what paragraph she was on and yes. she would move each time. And I quite liked that. But I did notice that there were a couple of people that did it that way. And some of them were coming off saying, I wasn't quite happy with how I said this bit or that mm. paragraph. I've said that better previously. And I thought to myself, right, as much as I prefer to have a certain amount of ad lib, mm. a certain amount of interaction with, with audience, you know, that sort of thing, a certain amount of responding to the room or how, where my thought process is going from one moment to the next. I think I would feel better doing it the way you did it, mm. knowing every single word so that I know if I just remember this, 
then I will have the best talk I can give. This is it. This is it. Because you, because when you when you ad lib, you forget stuff. Yeah. You know, there's a reason that you know Shakespeare isn't ad libbed. It's not based on <laughs> audience participation. I went out there to perform Hamlet, and Hamlet I shall perform. Well, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very good analogy. Actually, with a skull. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's exactly, and, and it's like the reason for doing this mm. is to have this work immortalized yes, you know it's it's absolutely. on the internet now there is my ted talk you know yes. and if you're just gonna make up bits as you go and i'm not saying that they made up bits but if there is a danger that you might not articulate your point quite yes. as clearly as you did in the dress rehearsal for example then that adds another lot of pressure to you yeah it's not just about remembering the words now it's about having clarity in your process at that moment in front of that audience yeah and I just didn't, I didn't want to do that. So as much as it was counterintuitive to me to learn it word for word, that's what I did. Yeah. And I don't think I did it um, as quickly as you because you got that blooming brain of yours. That so just... we, what is it? It's like, it's kind of like, um, what's the word? It's not, I haven't got a photographic, I have got a bit of a photographic memory because I, I can walk into a room and tell you instantly when something's changed. And actually, yeah. But um, I've got that with auditory. Things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember what I but I, again, I, I did the same as you linking paragraphs yes because I, I kind of realized that when I'm it's like a song you know yeah when you when you're singing a song you know what line's coming next uh, because the line before prompts you yeah and I re I recognized as I was learning it I was almost remembering my thought process in coming up with that next line yes. do you know what I mean you're yeah. in that moment and then it's only the paragraphs where you make a little a slight jump now yeah. to the next topic where you need to know you need to in some way bind those together yeah. and and that's what i did but again a lot of it i think was our rehearsing process just where we're just it going over through and it over and over and over and over and over and over again like i remember doing it to the teddy bears yeah. You know, I can remember. So I, I remember once um, I was getting a train. This was when I was doing the writing college course in Canterbury. Yeah. And I was on the train platform and it was there was about 14 minutes till my train. I was the only one on the platform, by yeah. the way. It was it was the middle of the morning, like nobody else was there. Yeah. And I, I looked mental, but <laughs> I I mumbled, basically. I mumbled through my entire talk yeah. on that platform. Yeah before the train got there because I, you know, without any thing in my hand, because I needed to just keep it in my head. That was the thing that scared me the most that yeah. I would remember it. Cause this is the thing I don't get stage fright. I'm not really mm. scared about going up on stage. Like I'm fine with that. My worry was that I would go out there and completely forget my script. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look, there's a picture of me, right. Mm. Where I go out on the stage and I stand on that red dot mm. and I look up and I, I see you, I can just about see you, and I smile at you, and then there's this sudden realisation that I'm like, I can't remember, what's my first line? What's my, what's my first line? And there's just this long pause, but then I used it to a dramatic effect, and I just, I did the talk. No, and I, I started out. And yeah. the only thing that threw me off is, obviously, every time I just said it in rehearsal, I'd kind of said it to, to an empty room, or yeah. to people who were being quiet because they were doing their own stuff, whatever. There was one thing I did where I got a laugh, and where I wasn't expecting to get a laugh, yeah. and I kind of was like, <laughs> "No, shut up!" <laughs> <laughs> you put me off. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. audience participation. Be quiet. Yeah, I know. Um, I've got that feeling. But I, you know, but then I, I, I carried on. Yeah, yeah. But I think as well the whole the whole getting ready the the preparation process rehearsing wise. Um, how many times did you say it to yourself on the day of the event? Oh my god, so many! Like yeah. I can't. 
so before each before each of our talks as well we were um so the, the the whole day was split up into like three or four sections and then for your section where there was like three or four speakers you would be backstage so you weren't you know so you didn't have to like you know go through when mm. someone else was talking so yeah. we'd go through on the breaks so we were all in like a holding cell if you will it was like me <laughs> um it was me who was it rupert um i can't remember. remember yeah i'm trying to remember it was, was like it silas silas yes yeah. and then right before your own talk you would go in a little room by yourself yeah was how we did it so i was in this little room by myself and while because rupert was before me wasn't he and while he was giving his talk yeah. i did mine twice in the mirror to myself yeah with my little mic on yeah. with everything on um just blocking out the world and just giving yeah. the talk in the mirror See, I, remember, I, remember, I remember thinking you know what there's going to be a time when i want to stop saying this now and every time i went to go through it again i was like, oh god i've got to say it again now and <laughs> and yet on the day I didn't stop. If I thought, well, hang on, I've got 20 minutes, I can do it again in my mind before yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I absolutely did it because I thought, just get it in there so that it's it's just, yeah. it's almost like tedious in your brain now. I will say, if we were out on stage and either of us had forgotten something, hmm. that we give a copy of the script to Ted um, and there was, it was Caroline, wasn't it? She was yeah. sitting in the front row with a binder yeah. and she could prompt. Yeah, um, so I had one moment where I need, I was on the cusp of getting a prompt. Really? Because I stopped. And I'm not averse to pausing for dramatic effect if I've said <laughs> something that I feel, you know, in a kind of, and stop and think about that for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did a pause that made no earthly sense to be there at all. It was like in the middle oh of a really God. benign... Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was about... It was two or three seconds. It was like a second a or second two longer, long. <laughs> longer than it should have been. Yeah. As I thought, what the hell is the next line? That I'm <laughs> and I didn't want to get a prompt because no. I'd seen a couple of people in your year get a prompt. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I hope I don't. Not me. You know. I'd like to point no, out. Oh, no, you were word for word, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and, and it was just, I, I just, uh, and I was there. And I and went up there. to uh, Hacks, who was editing the video, who was filming it. Yeah. And I said, you're going to notice when you edit this together, there seems to be a pause for no reason don't think i'm being dramatic there you can cut that out if you want and i think he did he chopped out the like the second or two pause brilliant um so that the people watching the video aren't as confused as the people in the room were <laughs> but, but um no and i think um what was i going to say as well um oh, i forgot I, there was something that you said and i'm like oh i want to mention that um no it's gone but i want to talk about the dress rehearsal anyway yes oh um, what, my meltdown well, was it your meltdown? Yeah, did I had you? a meltdown. Oh, you did, didn't you? But I wasn't there. This is it. So I'm, I'm going on reports. I wasn't there on the day. Of the oh, no, no. Wait, no. I'm talking about when I put my outfit on and I hated it. Oh, my God. Right. Okay. We... Oh, so, yeah, the dressing rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so before the, the day before the dress rehearsal, I put on my dress that I was going to wear mm. and I absolutely despised how it looked on me. I hated it. I... I, I, if I remember rightly, I took it off and I threw it across the room and I was like, I'm not wearing that! And I, <laughs> and I went mental. And then we went we went out for like four hours. We went to like 20 different shops. Yeah, we did, yeah. To, tried loads of dresses, everything. And then I came home and, and the dress you see me in on my talk, that was that was the dress. That was the one that... The one that, that we got. Yeah. Was it the one you started with? Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah that's that, right. That was the one I threw see, across no, the room. I'm kind of... You know when you, you erase a trauma from your, your actual immediate memory? <laughs> I feel like that might have been what I did there. I, you know what? There's times in my life um, when I haven't been the best partner. I think that day I was awesome. I was an amazing partner that day because you know what? I was just like, where do you need to go, babe? What do you need from me? What do you need? And, and, you know, I was doing all the things that 
you know, you need to do when someone's having a crisis. Look, as you know, sometimes anxiety takes the wheel and there's not a lot <laughs> I can do about it. Um, but, you know, you look, you look great on the day anyway. And I think right. it's just one of those things, though. I think there was a bit of me as well thinking, well, I knew this had happened. I, I knew, it's not, you know, I, I, was, I was, you know, buckling up for this. I knew this was going to happen, so that's okay, you know. Whereas you were like, what combination of shirt, braces and jeans should I wear? Uh, I believe it was cardigan. I believe that was the first appearance of the cardigan. Of the cardigan. Yeah, and now the, the now iconic. cardigan. <laughs> one, of my, one of my clients said to me the other day, you know what I think is great about you? You always wear the same thing. And I was like... I beg your pardon. I have different colour cardigans and t-shirts. I'll have you it's know. It's completely no one would be able to tell. But he was saying because you eliminate any of the anxiety around choosing an outfit, and I thought, <laughs> is that why I do it? That reminds me of the Lego Movie when he opens his cupboard and he's just got the same <laughs> thing. That is my cupboard. Yeah. I am. I am the Lego guy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but but the funny thing is about that is that when we did the. Um, so this is jumping on a bit, but when we were on social media doing a, a live to announce the, the videos being put up from that year's cohort. Um, Who this? You this? this what yeah, made? this was ages yeah. ago. No, okay. um, I mean, this was uh, ages after the event. Yeah, okay. And Dan, Sharkman Dan, oh, Shark who Man did Dan. a great talk on sharks, which you should sort, you should have, take a look at. Um, he was, we came on before we went live. He was like, oh, so you got the cardigan on? And I was like, no, this isn't the one I was wearing. This is a different cardigan, Dan. I mean, I don't know. Well, anyway. Honestly, the way that Tim goes from business to casual, honest to God, <laughs> he just takes off the cardigan. He's like, he's like Clark Kent. He's like, <laughs> so, as as takes... I'm clocking off. There we go. <laughs> cardigan comes off. He's casual, Tim. Well, put it this way. I, I was happy with how I looked. Um, <laughs> I think the thing that I did special, I, I changed my laces for blue laces you to did, go with yes. my cardigan. I remember you were, very, you were very pleased about that decision. I thought it was a, a, a gloriously subtle touch. Also, the blue of your laces was the exact blue of my dress. Which, I wonder if that was by design as well. You always moan that I use the same colours as you. Yeah, you do. Whenever we go out for the day. I'm like, oh, I've put on a purple outfit and now you're wearing purple. Thanks, babe. I mean, it, it, what it is, is we're so in sync, babe, to the point where we colour match without realising it. That's what's going on there. Um, okay, so where are we? We've, uh, we've learnt the talk, we've rehearsed the talk. Oh, by the way, the extra events for, for preparing the talk that you didn't get. Yes. I mean... Where you were a tree. That's it. We had an improvisational session where, and this is amazing, right? That the organizer of TEDx um, said, right, we'll get in a load of experts. So we had a, uh, an acting coach yes. about delivery. Um, we had loads of things. And we had somebody come in and do an improvisational session with us where we played improvisational okay, games. Look, you can talk about you're happy about it now, but I have photographic evidence to prove that you were Mr. Skeptical, did not want to be a tree standing in the corner. I No, this is the thing. I It wasn't the most, it wasn't <laughs> my proudest moment. And there was a moment where I'm like, I'm about to walk into the middle of this ring of people and say I am a tree. And then mine being a tree. Actually, I think I was an umbrella. I think oh, the tree okay, had fine. already landed there. Right. Someone was the rain. And you were the umbrella. And I am the umbrella. <laughs> it's, it's, honestly, it's this weird game where you just, anyone can walk in at any time. But if you just stand out in the outside circle for the whole game, everyone's like, are you not participating, Tim? Is it not, you know, are we not, are we, are we taking up your time? Also, there's a bit of me. I am, I am glad we didn't have this in my year. You wouldn't have done it. Well, here's the thing, right? I get involved. I always get involved. I don't mind looking stupid. Except. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind looking stupid. I don't mind looking forward. I don't get embarrassed easily. No, you, you know, don't, I am yeah. this sort of thing. But I'm a bit like, how is this uh, 
as is relevant, yeah, please. This. So it's not like I wouldn't have done it, but yeah. I'm glad I didn't have to. Well, I, I tell you what I appreciated <laughs> about it, though, was that it kind of allowed us to bond as a group, as a, as a group of people. Yes. And, I, and I quite appreciate that because some of the people in my cohort, I really, um, I'm really glad I met, you know, because yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't have met them any other way. I remember it was um, Alex. Oh, I can't remember Alex's last name. I can't remember his last name. He did a great talk on about how competition can be detrimental to business rather than yes. positive to it. It's a really, really good Very talk. Good talk it's, yeah. it's a lot funnier than I've just made it sound as well. <laughs> um, but he met, we were talking at, behind, at backstage before it's we both went stage. out. Yeah, you know, just getting ready, in the ready room. Um, and we were just chatting and we both agreed that the thing about TEDx that you don't realise is going to happen, it puts extra pressure on you, this does Absolutely. as well. But the thing that you don't realise is going to happen is that you're going to meet extraordinary people mm. because you're now in a group with people who are you know, uh, I hate the expression, but thought leaders, yeah, people who are... I mean, some of them are. <laughs> but you know what, they're there yeah. because they are trying to do something different to the average person. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean Yeah, no, that? I yeah? do, I do, I do understand, yeah, I do. I think there's just, I've got one person. <laughs> yeah, well, look, don't get me wrong, yeah. uh, there's, there's never going to be 100% these are geniuses. Yes. Yeah? But that's what happens when you have a group of people who are out there mm. putting new ideas out. Some are awesome, some mm. are not so awesome, and that's okay. But the point being that I got to meet people who were thinking about things slightly differently and presenting different ideas. Were they thinking outside the box? Wow. Our sort of people, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say, though, is um, there was one person in my year on the day before on the dress rehearsal came out and delivered off the back of an envelope a completely different, literally written on the back of an envelope, had delivered a completely different talk to the one that was approved um, and then the conversation had to happen of why are you changing your talk right at the last minute? Mm. You have to go with the one now that Ted has approved, mm. or you will get cut. Well, that's it. Yeah, they'll pull you from the event. Yeah, and they've got you the can't right mess to about do that. with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's. Um, I mean, you you learn that fairly quickly though mm. that you can't just spout whatever you want because. No. It's a really valuable platform you're being allowed to, to mm. sort of put your, your ideas out on. You exactly know? that. Um, but yeah, so before the day of, as in, yes, that was that was pretty uh, pretty intense day, wasn't it? It was. Uh, do you know what though? By the time I got there on the day, I was still hella nervous. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but I kind of got swept up in the excitement. Yeah. Um. You know, like I got there and there's a big poster with my face on it. Yeah. And yeah. you know, there's all the, the the things around the theatre and mm. and I don't know. I felt a bit. I felt a bit like a rock star that day. Oh, I'll be honest, it was really cool. Yeah, I know what you mean. There's and, an amazing energy about the event when you get there. Yeah. So I kind of got swept up in that, and I honestly at that point just thought, like, <laughs> I'm not even religious, but I'm like. It's in God's hands now. Like, <laughs> well, you, it, I'll either all... remember it or I won't. There's nothing I can do. And that is such a wise attitude to adopt. And, yeah. you know, people talk about having public speaking fear, you know. Yeah. But at the end of the day, guaranteed, you've done all the prep you can do now. Yes. Yeah, and you've probably done it to your satisfaction. Otherwise, you wouldn't have, you know, gone to bed that night and woken up this morning. You know? I slept so badly that night, though, I'll tell you that. Well, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's probably yeah. part of the, I think most people did. Um, I think I cracked but, a few Cocodamol just so I could have an out. But this is the thing, your, your message is written, your talk's yeah. written, it's going out there, and it's just like you say, it's in God's hands in as much <laughs> as, well, I can't decide whether the people that are listening to this are going to appreciate the message, they're going yeah. to agree with it, they're going to disagree with it. All I can decide is what I say. Yes. And I've decided that ages ago. So I've yeah. got nothing to do now I except just have to recite, recite it. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly and, and, that. And there's a certain uh, certain zen 
um, that, that comes over you when you realise that. Mm. I mean, some of some of the people in my cohort, as I say, changed elements of their talks the night before. Yeah. You know, and one that of the, would do me in. I couldn't. One of the ladies was backstage choosing which jacket to wear, which were both completely different colours and styles. <laughs> and I remember thinking of you like a year <laughs> earlier, thinking, I don't think Brit would have left this decision to the like five minutes before you walk out. There. Absolutely not. But, um, Absolutely not. But no, because because everything was prepped, it was like right, let's just do it. And I remember, yeah, the feeling of being in front of the audience. On the dot. On the dot. On the dot. You had a bigger dot than me. Yeah, we, we insisted on a bigger dot. <laughs> we, we actually, your old second-hand recycled dot from the year Rude. before was just brought out, given a bit of a wash and an iron. There's the dot. And we were like, this is a tiny dot. I think we deserve a bigger dot. I didn't want a big dot, and I'll tell you why. Um, if you watch, uh, we talk about our, our friend Sophie doing spatial anchoring. Mm. If you watch my talk... I do not move. You don't move. You, you do plant move yourself and like stand a tree. there. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I say no. Yeah. You move. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, yeah, Captain America reference way. Um, yeah. I just stood there and I just didn't move a single muscle to the point where genuinely, uh, after I walked off stage, my uh, big toes on both feet had gone numb because I was te- I was so tense. <laughs> like I was so tense. And you he- I can hear it. You might not be able to hear it in my voice because you don't, you know, you don't hear my voice as often as I do, luckily for you. But um I can hear it in my voice that the first uh five minutes mm. of my thirteen minute talk, yeah. I sound nervous. Yeah. Now it's as hard to explain because it doesn't come across that way. No, it doesn't. No, I was gonna I, say that. You know but it. But I know it. Yeah. And but I do remember after though after that five minutes, after I realised this is okay. Everything is okay. You are okay. Yeah. I started to enjoy it. Yeah, you relax into it and yeah. you feel okay. Now I'm in the flow. The one thing that worried me was in the because I talk about something very emotional. I talk about mm. my life. I talk about my mum. I talk about my depression. I talk about all of that. When I did the dress rehearsal the day before, and there was only like six people in the audience, it was all my fellow speakers, mm. and I did the talk and they clapped. I felt this weird sensation and I just started crying in the yeah. dress rehearsal. Yeah. And I was like, do not do this on the day <laughs> because that will be on camera. Do not start crying. Yeah. And I remember when it was when it was finished, I got a little bubble in my throat. Yeah. But nothing like the day before. And I just felt really proud of myself. Yeah. And um, I was proud of you as well. Yeah, oh, you stood up. I you did get a standing ovation. You did, which you see in the video as well. <laughs> um, and then I took a deep breath and I walked off stage. And the really funny thing was I was wearing really high heels and my only overriding thought was do not fall down those stairs. Because <laughs> there was like three steps down yeah. that I had to go down. And, and I remember thinking that the stairs <laughs> were the last part of my talk. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember Amazing. thinking your talk is not done until you are safely down those stairs yeah. and behind that curtain. Well, they do talk about don't just walk... Because the, the, the overriding feeling is scurry off stage, run. Now, yeah. You've done it, run. <laughs> and they say, no, wait there. Allow the audience yes. to, to give you a round of applause. And, and then, then walk slowly off. go off stage. Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. what I did. And yeah. that's what I did. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and honestly, when I came off stage as well... The feeling of accomplishment mm. that you you did it, you got through it, you said every word, yeah, and it's there now, and it's out. It's done. There. Yeah, yeah. You can do no more. And the thing was as well, my talk was just before the lunch break. Yeah. So I gave my talk, um, and then I think I I made my way upstairs, mm. and then you came out of the auditorium, yeah, and, yeah. and found me, yeah, and I was like, can I have a drink, please? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I I can't conceive of you being more nervous than I was watching you. That day. <laughs> 
and, and I think when I when I think about how I felt the day of, um, it was similar feelings. I, I couldn't honestly detach the feeling. I, I, it was worse for me watching you because I couldn't do anything about anything. Yeah. All I could do was watch it. Whereas at least with me, I'm like, right, it's up to me whether I remember these words or yeah. not. You know, I had a similar feeling watching you. I was just watching you feeling so proud, knowing on the journey that you'd gone, mm. knowing how much you wanted this and knowing how hard you'd worked for it. Yeah. And just, I remember just watching you and just my heart just, I was, I was nervous for you. I was hella nervous for you, mm. but my heart just, just was swelling with pride. Oh, um, okay. And just to go through that experience and the fact that we've both been through that experience together. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's that thing, isn't it? That like there's sometimes in life, you know, you go through something and your partner can't fully understand, but they can empathize. Mm, yeah. But this was something stressful mm. and big and something that we'll, we'll never forget yeah. that we've both been through. And I think that there's some something really comes from that shared experience. Yeah, I think it does. I think it connects us in, in some level that otherwise we wouldn't have had, you know. Mm. Um, but oh, so last thing I want to talk about before we finish up. After the talk, of course, it doesn't end when you walk off stage. It does not. There is then the process of your talk being put out there. And I remember being you were... Being accepted yeah. by oh, Ted. Well, that was... Okay, so that was... Let's let's go there then, because Ted, as in the great god Ted, has to watch <laughs> the videos once they're edited. I imagine him like the timekeepers in Loki. Loki. Yeah, 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 exactly. Sort of overseeing everything. Yeah. Watching everything and deciding, yeah. yes or no. Do you yeah. get pruned? Do you get... You know. <laughs> um, and, and it was... So the talks went away, and I remember... Leo coming back to me and saying, "Right, they've flagged it Your to be to be in, yeah. investigated a bit further." Mm. Uh, she said, "I don't know what happens now because it's never happened in the three <laughs> years we've run TEDx." Yeah? yeah, so all of your cohort just like, "Yep, accepted." It goes up on YouTube. Yeah, and then I had this agonising. Mine was the last of my year though to go up. It was actually, wasn't it? Because yeah. all the others we saw them because you don't get told, do you? They, no, just, they just go, go live. Up. Yeah, and one per I think it was. Who was it? Was it Shoti? I think Shoti's went up first. Yeah. And then that was it. We were all refreshing, refreshing. And yeah. then all of TEDx Folkestone went up. And then a few more of a different TEDx. Oh, yeah. And then mine. And I was like, and that that sort of week, two weeks, I was like, what's going on? Why, yeah. why don't they like me? Yeah. But it just... It just is how it is, you know. It's, yeah. There's no run or well, there's, there's just people in an office somewhere just overseeing them, signing them off, uploading them to YouTube. Probably we would be it'd be wrong of us to think there's just one person sitting there yeah. doing in, doing them in order. Um, but yeah, so it went away, and I was asked to show Ted qualifications. Yeah, to show in, you what knew. right have I got to talk about anxiety? Yeah, and so I'm like gathering. Well, I have a clinical hypnotherapy diploma, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a fellow <laughs> of the Academy of Naughty Arts, and I. When I realised, all they really wanted to know is, are you a doctor, son? <laughs> or, yeah. or are you just... Um, and Leah was like, look, the worst case scenario is they just refuse to put it up. And that I was like, is well, that, that is pretty bad, to be fair. As a worst After case scenario. After all this. I know. Yeah, and and I was actually formulating in my mind, right, I'll apply again next year. And I'll this time yeah. do something. I'll work out. I'll find out what it was yeah, that yeah. they decided. Or not I'll to apply to a different location. Well, you know, or, or something. Well, they'll all go to TED. You know, it doesn't mm. matter which TEDx you go through. Mm. They'll go to TED. But and then it was just one day, and it was suddenly it's it was there. suddenly live. And all they did was put a disclaimer on it that said in the these, text at the bottom. Yeah, that's it. it. There's the if you look at my TED TEDx talk online, um, you'll see it says this represents the opinions of this person based on their experience. And and I think they just have to make sure you know that somebody's not taking my advice coming a cropper for some reason and then blaming ted for that it's, it's one of those disclaimer things isn't it what i find interesting is that in my talk i talk about how i came off antidepressants yeah um cold which yeah. they tell you not to do yeah um and i'd obviously i'm not there saying everyone should do that because it was the worst thing i ever did like yeah. i do not advise doing that i'm not on antidepressants anymore since mm. that day 
but um, but I came off them cold, which you, you're not supposed to do. So do not do this. If you're on antidepressants, you want to come off them. Do not do what I did because I suffered very badly withdrawal. I, it was mm. horrible. Don't do it. But I said that I did it in my talk. Yeah. And I found it interesting that they didn't didn't flag that up. Didn't flag that up yeah, as, yeah, as, as potentially influencing people. Well, I, I was concerned that because I talk about doctors in the talk, mm. and I wasn't going to put that bit in because I thought, well, that's a bit potentially contentious or controversial. Yeah. And but it was the people that were involved in TEDx and my fellow speakers. That told you to say, yeah, yeah, when we were talking about the topic, because we had this one of our meetings, one of our preparation events was tell us what you know gets you annoyed about the way things are viewed in your you know yeah. regarding your topic at the moment. And it was one of the best sessions we did because we all started to talk passionately about why we were giving this talk. Yeah, and. I remember it was uh, it was Caroline Bolton from my cohort that said you've got to put that stuff in about the doctor because she said that really resonates with me. Yeah. That's exactly the bit that people need to hear. Yeah. So it was one of those things where I remember we we were driving somewhere and I just heard that it had been flagged up and I was saying shouldn't have put that stuff in about doctor and medication. Well, and stuff if I like remember, that. I told you not to put it in. Yeah, I think you did actually. Yeah, because yeah. you were like, hmm, I don't maybe think... dodgy. Yeah. Um, but you know. I suppose it's all history now and all's well that ends well, but it went up and uh, they, but I guess I understand why they wanted to just put a disclaimer on it because it's on their platform yeah. and they need to let people know this is not our medical opinion. You know, this, this is, is not this, our, this man. Yeah, this strange man with the blue cardigan. You, you say all's well that ends well. Well, it certainly has because what's just happened with your TED talk, uh, babe? What just happened? I've just hit a million views <laughs> on my <laughs> TED <laughs> <laughs> Which is amazing when you think about it, isn't it? One million views i know well done i'm very I'm... proud of you oh well you know what i'm proud of me as well to be fair. <laughs> you know without which again tooting the own trumpet but choo -choo. i feel no, you have to choo -choo. Choo -choo. um it's one of those i just thought maybe a few thousand people would see it which is you know what happens to most of the talks because there's a hell of a lot of talks hello <laughs> well, okay but the thing is yeah my, my talk was to be seen, a message to get out there. Yours, I remember when you were putting yours up on YouTube and that you were sort of submitting the text for it and mm. you were titling it and you deliberately didn't talk depression in the title. You didn't say anything that might suggest any... You, you kind of wanted to hide it because you were very much like, I don't want to put myself out there. I just get... didn't want people slagging me off. That was yeah. all I wanted because, Which is, yeah, I because I'm a woman, A, so I'm naturally going to get more slagged off on the internet anyway. B, whenever I speak anything about my mental health and the things that helped me, I inevitably get the what about us when it's mm. like, what about this? And you kind of need, and, and I, you know, and I get the people, you know, sometimes when I've spoken about depression and how I didn't, in, I didn't um, feel depressed after that, I got mm. the, well, if you didn't feel depressed afterwards, then you didn't have depression in the first place. It's like, okay, say that yeah. to when I was trying to kill myself. See, this is the problem. So I just didn't, yeah. I just, I honestly didn't feel mentally strong enough. Yeah. To deal with YouTube dickheads. Yeah, so I, I purposely entitled it something a little bit vague yeah. so that it would just be there and exist and I could share it out if I wanted to because yeah. I'm still really proud of that message. You should be. I still, you know, even though now, obviously after the, the great Panini of 2020, like I, I, I feel I experience depression more these days mm. than I have for a long time. Yeah. But I still absolutely stand by my message that having something that you can focus on mm. in your life massively helps your mental health. And I still mm. stand by it. That was the it, message of my TED Talk and I still stand by it. And it is absolutely, absolutely defining principle. Mm. And the problem so many have struggled as this prolonged period of lockdown and isolation has continued mm. is because it's harder to see the light we're moving towards yeah. as we get deeper into the darkness. You absolutely. Know? And, and that's, it is absolute, 
it's a perfect message and it is it's absolutely valid from from that moment to now mm. and this is this is again well, I guess one of the reasons why we're really proud of what we achieved there and I guess we just wanted to talk about our experience of going through that process because uh, it's not often in life you get to do something that you regard as having some you know being part of some sort of legacy yeah, yeah. and I do feel like for both of us I am really proud of both of us for having that message out there. Mm. And I'm really pleased that people have got to see what we've spoken about and got mm. to hear our message. Um, and yeah, I guess if, and I, I don't know, we said before we started this one, what's the point of this one? <laughs> what's, what's the message at the end? Yeah. And I, I don't really have a, a clear message. The message know? is go watch the TED Talks because they're really good. <laughs> yeah. That's the message. So Tim's is about anxiety and mine is about depression. It'll be a real fun afternoon for you to watch them both. No, they're they're both they're both positive. I think yours is very very inspiring. I've got to say. Thank I mean, I'm you. not as someone who hasn't suffered depression. I think it touches you on a human level rather than a well. If you've been depressed, this will be a value to you. You know, yeah, yeah. like you say, it's just me telling my story. It's a human story, and I think we can relate to it. And you know, in particular, I, I love the way you constructed it. And there's that moment at the end where, yeah, you do feel like you want to cry when, you, you know, there is a, there is a lump in the throat moment. And, and I love that. Mm. I love that. And I think, you know, that's, that's the sign of a good talk when it touches you. And that's why I would say watch it no matter who you are, because it is amazing. And, you know, I would say watch yours because it's really good as well. But we're going to stop this now because we're just complimenting each other. So, um, right. So uh, what I will say, you can go watch our TED Talks. They are on YouTube, as we say. Um, Tim's, if you search uh, Timbox... If you just put Timbox Anxiety, it will come up. But the title is How to Stop Feeling Anxious About Anxiety. Put Timbox Anxiety in there. Uh, mine is in my name uh, before Tim and I got married. It was the year we got married, actually. And I, sh I, I feel like I should have had it put in box. But, mm. but I didn't. I didn't want to jinx anything. No. Yeah. So, um, so mine's under Wyatt, which is W-H-Y-A-T-T. So if you put Brit Wyatt TEDx or Britt Wyatt, Courage to Continue, it'll be there. We will also link them as well in the podcast show notes, so you can go give them a watch. Mine's only 12 minutes of your life, Tim's is about 18 minutes of your life. It's not, you know, it's it's not a big watch, but um, we we both really, really think that you'll get something from it, as you do when you listen to this podcast. So thank you very much for joining us on this podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at Britt Marie Box. You can find Tim at Tim Box Mind Coach. And while you're on YouTube, Tim has some great YouTube videos about anxiety and mental health that I highly recommend you check it out. And also, can we ask you to subscribe to this podcast? Ah, Whatever yes. we said this the other day, wouldn't we? We yes. never asked to subscribe. No, please subscribe. Um, you know, do all the good stuff. Please share it as well to people that you think might enjoy it um, and get something from it because the mm. more people that listen to this, the more reason we have to sit down and do it every week. <laughs> Brilliant. And the more reason I have to get Brit out of bed uh, to do it. Yes. Exactly. Oh, look, I'm awake now. Here we are. We're there done. you are. Brilliant. <laughs> but thanks Brilliant. very much, guys. Thanks for listening. And, and keep thinking outside the box. Bye. Bye.